and thank you for joining me in a new episode of Project 25. On this episode, I interviewed Tamana Khan. She's a journalist, a wife, a former banker and teacher, and a student in the Master of Journalism program at Carleton University. On her journey from 25 to 43, Tamana has pursued different paths and tells us that when it comes to finding your true calling and true love, it's all about trial and error. Please join me for the first Project 25 interview across the Atlantic. I'm very excited to share it with you and I hope you like it. Project 25 was born out of the obsession that we have of figuring things out. Honestly, being 25 is weird because we either pursue certain goals without questioning if they're what we truly want, or we're not sure what direction to follow, and that leaves us with a lot of uncertainty. I'm Andrea Juarez, I'm 25, and I decided to ask my family members, friends, and people I admire about their experiences being 25, what they did, what were their beliefs, what they've learned, and what's their advice for the new generation of 20-somethings. There is a lot to live and learn, and I believe that by listening to others, we can reflect and learn a little bit more about ourselves and think about what we want for our present and for our future. Good morning and good evening, Tumana. <laughs> right now you're in Dhaka, in Bangladesh, so it's 9 p.m. Yes. there, and it's 9 a.m. in Calgary, so this is very interesting. <laughs> and I am very grateful to have you here, and welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be here, uh, happy to help you out with this very interesting project. And yes, it is 9 uh, p.m. in Dhaka, and it's very hot. <laughs> so, Tamana, I'm going to start with the first question. What is your age, your title, and how will you describe yourself? I'm 43 now, and I'm doing my master's in journalism at Carleton University. So you can say I'm just a student. And about me, I'm somebody who don't really have a long-term goal anymore. I'm a kind of a relaxed person. So I take life as it comes. So yeah, that's all I can say about myself. No, that is great to hear. You're like open to whatever the world mm -hmm. can offer you, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's what I have learned in my 43 years of life, that there's no place for rigidity in life because life keeps on changing. You know, you think one thing now, you might have, you might believe in something uh, passionately today, but tomorrow you really don't know whether you'll actually have that passion in you. <laughs> so even our principles, also change over time. Maybe not the core ones, but the peripheral ones, they definitely change. Thank you for saying that. I'm excited to know about your story and <laughs> I'm sure like I will learn a lot in the next couple of questions. So Tamana, you just said that you are now open to like possibilities and the change is very constant, especially with what you just mentioned about when you enjoy something and then you're no longer do. So 
and it's like you are 43 now. So I wanted to ask, what did you do when you were 25? So were you studying or did you work or what were your hobbies? So when I was 25, I was, I was actually working in a bank. I had just joined as a officer, you know, a junior officer at the bank. So I kind of, it was only a year or so after my graduation from um, business administration. And so it was one of my first jobs. And at that time, I things that I really loved doing was I used to hang out with friends and colleagues a lot. I loved reading books. I still do, but not as much as I did then. Watching movies. Yeah, basically this. And, and I used to sing. Even then I used to sing. And one thing that has actually changed uh, at uh, that point of my uh, life, I was still a believer, practicing Muslim, which I'm no longer. <laughs> I'm no longer practicing Muslim. I, in fact, I am uh, agnostic. I would call myself an agnostic now. Thank you, Tamana. And what actually, this is kind of relates to what you just said, because I was going to ask you, what did you think when you were 25? So basically, what was your vision of the world? And did you follow our religion? Or what was a big belief of yours? So at 25, I wanted to be a very successful person, especially in my career. I was very charismatic. And I believe that, you know, I can make big changes and the world could be turned into a better place. So I was still very optimistic at 25. And I, I believe that good things happened, happens to good people. And, uh, um, and I thought at that point that God has a role in it. So if you really pray to God, good things will happen. So I guess at that time of my life, my relationship with God was very transactional because that's what I believed. You know, if I pray, I will get what I'm praying for. But then something happened in my life at, uh, exactly when I was 25, which Kind of, I started questioning my relationship with God. And that's when I started reading more about religion. And at one point, I was just coming uh, farther and farther away from it. And the other thing uh, at 25 was, I wasn't even a patriot. I would, I would say I was very nationalist, you know. <laughs> But I think now I'm a little bit more or less nationalist, more of a globalist. And maybe that has happened after I moved to Canada. Yeah, that definitely happens <laughs> when one moves here. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess, Tamana, for you, it was more like, well, I put all this energy and like belief in God. And then whatever like that happened and you're like, well, if God is so good, why will he allow the, these things to happen? I guess that's mm -hmm. where you were coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I understand. And well, this question is very broad. It can involve a lot of things, but from when you were 25 to this day, what has changed, whether that's like in the world, in yourself, in your beliefs, in your environment. Yeah, what has changed? 
one thing I feel that has changed a lot is that I feel that the world has become more of an intolerant place. I didn't think that it was so intolerant when I was 25. I still believed, like I told you, that there are good people, lots of good people, and something good will happen. I believe that all the, all the conflicts that I was seeing at the age of 25, they will somehow disappear. disappear. But that did not happen. Rather, something that wasn't so concerning when I was 25 became, has become more of a huge concern now, and that's the influence of social media and how it's kind of, when I was 25 and we were just, I think we just began to use Facebook, we could not imagine what a monster it would turn out to be, you know, like in terms of spreading misinformation, disinformation, giving people the option to hurt somebody just because they are like, like a nameless, faceless thing. The whole trolling thing, I, as far as I remember, it wasn't even there, right? So, yeah, I mean, the power of technology to impact our lives so much, the way I see it now, I mean, yes, it has made things a lot easier. Like this whole Zoom thing wasn't there when... I was 25. But um, while we it did give us a lot of good things, it also kind of impacted our life very negatively. And one thing is like, like I told you, at 25, I was very rigid. I was not open to a lot of ideas. But as I grew older, I have become more accepting. I I, I can um, accept, okay, you know, there are different kinds of people in this world. So they would have their different opinions or different ways of life, which is not similar to mine. Mm, so I guess I have become more open to those ideas as I grew up. I came to know more people. And like I told you, in 25, I never even thought that I would step out of, outside my country, right? But when I finally moved to Canada and I started to interact with so many different people from so many different places of the world, like my first day on the subway in Toronto, I felt like I was in United Nations. And I have to tell you this because, you know, our country, it's very, the population is very homogeneous. Most of the people are Bengalis, like in terms of uh, racial ethnicity, and uh, and almost ninety percent Muslims, right? So when you go out, you'd see mostly people look, uh, of the same, almost the same skin tone, the same features, and same kind of dresses and everything. So when I moved to Canada, and like like I told you, my first stay in the in, in Toronto subway. That was an stark difference. I felt like I was in United Nations. You see people of every color, every religion and ethnicity, right? And that's why I'm saying that Tamana of 25 and the Tamana of 40 is this big difference because the Tamana of 40 have, have seen 
more of a world and has become a little bit more accepting to different kinds of thoughts and ideas than the Taman of 25. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that about the United Nations because when I was new here as well, I've been living in Calgary for six years. So I remember sitting on the train and it was packed, you know, how like trains are always so busy in the morning and, and everyone was going to work or to school. And yeah, we'll see like every race, every, like all these languages being spoken on the train at the same time. And I thought like, it looks like this train is going to the purgatory. (laughs) Because there was just so, like just such a, so much diversity. But I think that's the strength that this country has, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. But Dominic, this question wasn't on the on the ones that I sent you, but I wanted to ask anyways, just because we're talking about this. So what made you want to move to Canada? Uh, actually, my husband, he is a Canadian and we met online. So both of us are writers. I was working as a journalist here in Bangladesh, but I used to write like I used to try writing some creative stuff, you know, like short stories or Things I call poetry, but I don't know if they actually qualify as poetry. But so there was a website and that's where I met my husband. And he is actually like a songwriter. He has published songs and he is in a, uh, he used to be in a band. And we read each other's work. We got interested. We started talking. And that led to this led to that and we fell for each other. And then I decided that, you know, this one thing I want in my life is to be with the person I love. And that's why I decided to move to Canada. And I didn't move to Canada a long time back, though. It's what, it was only in 2016 that I moved there. Same year as me. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's Did a very for studies. Yes, I was for it. I had to. I want. Well, I first took a ESL course at the University of Calgary, and then I went back to Mexico because that's where I'm originally from. And then mm-hmm. I uh, returned to Calgary in September 2016 to start to start my journalism diploma at SAIT. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. We have a lot of a uh, lot of things in common. Yes, yes. <laughs> this connection is happening. <laughs> and Domina, I wanted to ask you because, well, moving is such a, especially from because I would say that Mexico is very close to Canada, but like you're in Bangladesh, right? So mm. I wanted to ask you what has been your biggest challenge and how do you deal with it? The biggest challenge is adapting to a culture that is so different from mine you know like I told you I was uh, born and I was brought up in a Muslim family although we are not my parents are not they're not like very pious or like you know hardcore (laughs) Muslims and I was actually I grew up in a more like open-minded family environment so I didn't actually face any opposition from my family that I was marrying somebody from a totally different culture and religious um, background. My husband is not Christian, but he is agnostic, just like me, right? And and also, like, his language is very different. <laughs> he doesn't speak Bangla. 
Um, so when I moved to Canada, that was one of the biggest challenge, right? You know, like adjusting to a new culture, new food. Our food is also very different. <laughs> I know. I, I, I understand that you know why. Spices is something <laughs> that doesn't exist in the food that my husband eats. So, yeah. But the other biggest challenge that I faced was, so I moved to Canada at a very, uh, at Kind of, a, I'm not at, at a very young age, right? So I was almost 38 when I moved to Canada. And I had to leave my career, journalism career there. And when I moved there, I couldn't find the job in the same sector. So, and the loneliness, you know, and I had to leave everything, my social circle, my family, because there's nobody uh, I mean, other than my husband, I really don't have any family or friends in Canada. So uh, losing the job, losing the social circle, that support that you get from your family, those have been and still is a challenge for me. So I'm still trying to find a place for myself, <laughs> make that like those things in Canada. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I find that even like journalism sometimes can be such a close industry that it's kind of hard. Like you really have must have like someone who is already in the industry like helping you out to enter, like in my opinion. But I am interested, Tamana, because you mentioned that at 25 you were working at a bank. And I read that the Carlton website that you studied business administration. So mm -hmm. I am curious, like, why did you switch from that to become a journalist and writer? Yeah, so when I was at the bank, um, like I said, at that point, I thought that, oh, I, this is what I want. But as I was working there, I really didn't like the corporate culture. It just did not agree with me. I, you know, I, I think there was always this, this part of me which wanted to tell stories. And, you, you know, I, I looked for variety in things that I do. Bank job is not, you know, at one point it gets like monotonous. You do the same thing over and over and over again. So I wasn't enjoying that. So, and like I told you uh, when I was 25, the incident that actually uh, that happened in my life for which there was a period in my life when I was going through a lot of questioning, you know, reckoning. And so, I was um, very depressed for almost a year. I, I didn't work or anything. So when I wanted to get back to work, I wanted to first say, uh, you know, like I thought that, okay, maybe teaching would help me because my father had told me at that point that maybe if you go teaching jobs, it involves interaction with other people, right? especially children. So I thought, okay, yeah, maybe I should try that. And uh, I left banking job and I went to do my MBA, Master's in Business Administration, so that I thought I could get into academia. And then I worked as a lecturer, instructor. But after some time, even I didn't feel like I was giving enough 
you know, to my students. And at that point, I started writing, contributing to different uh, newspapers. And the newspaper that I was contributing to, it was a magazine, actually an English magazine. They offered me the job and I thought, yeah, maybe that's it. Because I love doing that. You know, I used to go to different places, attend programs, take interviews of people. And I really liked that there's so much variety. Every day you're doing something new, right? So that's how I landed in journalism. And then that's what I stuck to. That's amazing. And I'm very happy for you that you found found your, after like some years of discovering, you found like your call. <laughs> that's what I was saying that at 25, you might think, oh, this is what I will do for the rest of my life. But from my own life, And when I hear my husband tell us stories about his life, there's so many jobs. He too has changed, also career shifts. So 25 is not the end of the road. It's just the beginning. (laughs) There's still lots of adventures that can happen to a person's life. I love that. Thank you very much for saying that. (laughs) And talking about like this, positive things and like optimism. Can you share a time in which you succeeded and what happened and what did you do? It could be something in your personal life, in your career, with friends. That I have been very successful in my studies, always. And I think the reason is because I studied hard, like I worked hard, and I would always get good grades. Because I went back to school after... That's almost 16 years. I was having difficulty remembering things, doing all this school work. So there's all these challenges of pressure of assignments and everything. And in 2020, when I went back to school, our biggest challenge was classes and everything we had to do online, something that I had never done before. I did not even take an online, you know, there were online courses right? Before the pandemic, I never studied online. So for an entire year, we had to do all our classes, assignments, everything online. And I should say that I have not failed in any of the courses so far. And my grades were pretty good. So I would say that that has been a success, actually, surviving the pandemic school year yeah I think that's a success in my life Mm. congratulations yeah it's not easy to do online school many people I get very unmotivated but yeah it's kind of nice that you get to adapt right to the situation Mm -hmm. yeah Tamana, now I'm going to ask you if you can share a time in which you failed. So what happened and how did you handle the situation and what did you learn? Actually, that incident that I was talking to you about, that was the beginning of a failure that that kind of kept on happening again and again in my life. And that was my relationship with men. I kept on failing at it. And it would make me go crazy every time I was rejected or dumped. I would lose my mind. I would act out and do all sorts of irrational things, almost to the point of hurting myself, right? And what it has taught me is you cannot make someone 
love you. And love is something that that is very, like, it will come when it comes. You can't really make it happen. And it might be in the most unexpected of places. Like, for me, I never thought that the person I'll end up with would be 12,000 kilometers away in a totally foreign land uh, person who doesn't speak my language. I know there are young friends, junior friends or younger colleagues, when they talk about the difficulty of finding Mr. Right. It's like the harder you try, I think the harder it gets. It will happen when it happens. If it doesn't happen, just accept it and move on. That's something that I guess I have learned. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because I remember because I have a boyfriend of five years and I met him here in Calgary, but I met him on the same week. I met him like on a Friday when on Monday I had just told a friend like, I don't want to know anything about men. I'm not sharing my number. I'm not blah, blah, blah. And I was on a Monday and then Friday I met him. He was like, can I have your Facebook? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah, can really rush it. And yeah, and I feel like what you were saying, girl, like maybe we shouldn't take that rejection personal, right? Like, especially when we are very young, but you know, like what other people, maybe we're in just the right fit and why should we want to be somewhere where we are not like reciprocated right of course it's like we all learned this like from experiences right we are not born knowing all of this <laughs> yeah the other thing is i mean you can't make things ha happen sometimes some people would say oh maybe i'm not like good looking enough or i'm not slim enough And girls, uh, women do that more than I guess men do. But, you know, even I tell people, like, look at the life of some of the most so-called beautiful women, like Princess Diana. I give her her example because she was a big icon when I was growing up, beauty icon. And she had also a very difficult love life, right? So it's true that it hurts. When somebody rejects you, it hurts really, really bad. But again, if you get rejected, you should not stop looking. I mean, close your doors. Don't be afraid to fall in love because falling in love is a nice experience. Yes, it comes with consequences, but that feeling, it's precious. Yeah, I guess what you try to say too was like, Every no is a, opens the door for something better, right? And now that you were talking about precious things <laughs> like love, what has motivated you or what motivates you? Oh, one thing that has always motivated me is when I get praised for my work, especially for my, my writing, I still get very motivated. And that's also sometimes a hurdle, something kind of a little bit negative, because if I don't keep on getting more praise for my work or like some feedback, positive feedback, I often give up 
I slow down or I I procrastinate on like work on my work. So while praise for my work motivates me to do better, but when there is not, there's a little bit like um, gap or there's not enough feedback, I falter. Yeah, so it's like a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the like positive feedback like drives you. But if there's mm-hmm. no feedback, you're like, oh, I'm falling behind or is that how you feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. And Tamana, what are your goals or your plans for the future? At this point, I do want a job related to the field of journalism in Canada. So this is kind of a short-term goal. But in the long run, I'm kind of thinking whether I will actually spend the rest of my life in Canada. At one point, I might want to come back home. And I really don't know what I'll do when I come back, because after a certain age, it becomes very difficult to to build a career. I don't even know whether I'll stay in this profession for the rest of my life. But I feel that writing probably won't leave me. So maybe I can find something else, you know, maybe I will really, you know, I had always dreamt of becoming a writer. Maybe someday I will end up writing like a book or something. So you can say that's my long-term goal, maybe. That's amazing. Yeah, you can talk about all of your experiences and what you've observed, right? (laughs) And Tamana, can I ask you, what advice do you have for today's 20-somethings or what do you wish you knew when you were 25? When I was 25, there's a lot of things that I never thought I would do or I even imagined, right? I was very rigid. I thought that, oh, these are the things I believe in and it will not change. I was not open to change, but I know that things constantly change. Now I know that things constantly change and even I myself would change, right? And I would tell people who are 25 that it's just, the adventure is is just starting. It's not the end of the road. If you have not, if you still have lots of, many 25 years old in North America have a lot of like education debt, they're getting worried, oh, we might not be able to buy a house, settle down, or they're very worried of not, of not getting the perfect job, right? Or meeting the right person. But like I said, that as you move alone in life, you will find that these problems, they become insignificant at one point in life. You reach a point in life when all you want is just to be happy content with what you have. So don't get bogged down with how other people define success. You can just define your own success or build your own path. Something that my husband says, and I find it very interesting. He says that I don't want to achieve success alone, right? That means you don't want to be a very successful person and then you don't really have anybody to share the success with to enjoy it with so I think 25 
uh, year olds or 20 somethings, they should keep that in mind. Maybe it's more important that they be happy instead of getting to the rat race and go for that, you know, successful career or something. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Even like, like you see sometimes like celebrities and people who are like super famous, who are always often praised like, oh, like they are so like, they have all these money and houses because that's what people consider success, but it's truly different for everyone. And what you were saying about your husband too is like, well, yeah, like they have all these success, like they have the house, mm -hmm. the race cars, whatever that means success for people. But yeah, like what's the point if they have like a private yacht or a private, they own a private island, if they have no one to share it with, right? Like what's the, what's the yeah. point? Or something that the pandemic, I guess, has taught many of us. Like you have you have all these resources, you have a big TV or, um, you know, like a big house, but you're always working, working, working. You don't really get to enjoy it. You have a really nice recliner couch, but, but you're always sitting in front of your laptop working. You can't go lie down in the couch and just relax and read a book. You don't get the time, right? So as we grow older, these things become more important because you realize that your time is getting shorter to just enjoy a little bit of breeze, to listen to the blue jay. So these things will not be there. And maybe there would be a time when you'd be too old to even come out and take a walk around the neighborhood and see people talking, interacting. Thank you very much, Tamina. And this is my last question. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that you think it's important and I didn't ask? For me, I know I made a lot of mistakes when I was 25. But if you ask me if I, if I went back, if I got a second chance, would I do anything differently? My answer is I really don't know because I also learned from those mistakes. Those mistakes opened new doors, right? But maybe that's something that you could ask, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. Thank you for letting me know. I wrote it. <laughs> but yeah, I guess those mistakes and what you learn from them shaped you into the person who you are today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that, those were all of my questions. I really enjoyed this conversation, Tamana. Me too. I really enjoyed talking with you and sharing little tidbits of my life and also hearing about yours. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode or you think it will be helpful for someone, feel free to share. You can also find the written stories at medium.com slash project 25. If you know someone who would like to share their experience being 25, you can send me a message at the email that's on the episode description or through our social media channels, which are also listed on the episode description. Thank you for your time. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.